Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey. What's hey, up? Hey, what the fuck are you doing? I know. Well, I figured for today I'd be. I needed to be focused like a laser, William. You're. As, uh, you're as... on, how, honestly, can I be real with you? Yeah. I know we're not even 20, 30 seconds in here. Uh-huh. I can already tell you have less energy being out on the couch <laughs> than you do in or on your bed. <laughs> that that place is a recharge zone. You know, I think you just expend such a huge amount of energy getting from your bed to anywhere else <laughs> that you're just sapped immediately after that. Good night. <laughs> uh, any JoJo today? Not today. Uh, um, what about a bull? You got <laughs> a, a you, you got a two a two horned this. monster in you. Let me. T- <laughs> it's I had I had a bull last night. Really? Did you have it like with something? No, I just slugged it, baby. He's like, hey, Hillary, baby, what are we doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a fourteen year old teen right now. I had a, a Michelob. Um, Hard uh, seltzer, mango hard seltzer. Okay, and a Red Bull. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you're out of it today. Oh Lord! Um, so what are we talking about? <laughs> Great. Well, anyway, I'm sending you. Oh Jesus! I guess I was just sending you. I unintentionally was recording everything we were just saying, or like in my phone as a text, a tweet text to you. Mm. But what I was actually trying to send you was that picture on the plane that people are now posting online of the Nets. <clears throat> the one on the one that they made the shirt out of that I got with Jared Allen in the front, Rody Kudutz, Swag Daddy. Um, uh, Kenneth Fareed, and then the background: D'Lo, Karis Levert, Ed Davis, Jonathan Musa, and RHJ. Yeah. Oh, it looks like Travion Graham, Joe Harris, and Dinwiddie are in there too. Anyway, just the back when we used to be the feel-good Nets. <laughs> what a team that was, wasn't it? Yeah. We was went fun. from the absolute darlings of the NBA Twitter. The team that everyone... its we're, We were like the Cavs of that year. A less good version of this year's Cavs. Yeah. Um, everybody loved us. It was a fun story. Easy to root for. And then... Uh, a very special... Very special human being by the name of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> set his... His focus on us. And... This podcast later, not now, will detail the destruction that has wrought. Uh, but, Simon, why don't you welcome people back before we get ahead of ourselves here? Folks, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Blue, with my co-host. His name's Simon Abacormack. <laughs> Nets Nation! Uh, are you joining me in my panic button? Because I've been pushing it for months. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And while James Harden rumors fly, Simon, they fly about, they, they flutter about, they... Scream at you on your Twitters and whatnot as the as the Kyrie experience continues to age worse and worse with every passing day. 
as Bobby Marks calls us the what if, the greatest what if team of all time, and as Consumerism Corner begs for us to talk about some some CEO <laughs> come and go in the oh, in the old yeah. no, folks folks come for the Harden rumors stay stay for Consumerism <laughs> Corner which we will get to Simon but all of that while exceptionally newsworthy stuff. Pales in comparison to the story that's on everyone's mind, Simon. It's on your mind. It's on my mind. It's on that poor Red Bull that you drank's mind last night. It's on everyone's mind, Simon. And that's the fact that Tom scores went out. Cam Thomas went out and scored himself thirty points last night against the Utah Jazz. Cam is a walking bucket. (laughs) Uh, Rookie of the year conversation. (laughs) My rookie of the year is still Dayron. Okay, so not even on this team, huh? No. Any other glimmers of hope for you coming out of last night's uh, performance in Utah? Coming, coming out of the worst game of the year that that is the, the capper of a seven-game losing streak, that is a capper of a, I believe we've lost eight, 14 of 20? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, a lot of people could refer to that game as the nail in the proverbial coffin. What I like to think about it is... Uh, as is the Cam Thomas breakout game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about framing people. And right. here at Maybe Nets Time, we're going to teach you how to frame. Yeah, well, Nets Daily is kind of ahead of us. He, he does mention it is the headline is all of the usual doomy stuff, uh, you know, losing by what did we lose by 21, 24, 20 something. Yeah, an extraordinary amount. Uh, and then, you know, seventh loss, etc. And then it's colon. Cam Thomas had 30 points. <laughs> You can't beat that. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move on to actual things that anyone cares about. Uh, that's uh, honestly in the history of this season, I do think that game will get lost. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, Cam's game. Cam's will. game. I, I, Not I think that this that game could live on in infinity. Yes, the Jazz game will always live on as a marker. But Cam Thomas's individual scoring performance, right. Right. which I did not watch personally yeah um, i was unable to as uh as even even the tnt game from the other day just as a brief aside yeah was blocked out for me because of um blackout restrictions so no, uh, the, the yes, nfl the nfl has in. itself i mean the nba has itself a problem regarding tv rights yeah uh anyway it's time to talk hard and simon Okay, I'm ready. So apparently, the Nets are in serious talks with the Sixers, and and I wanna I wanna hammer that that uh, word apparently. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's a high probability that if something happens before next Thursday, we will have an emergency cast that breaks all of this down. Um, oh yeah. It will. It it's our professional duty to <laughs> to talk about this if something happens. Obviously, a move of this nature. Um, but what this is all based on is a Shams Sharania piece that came out in The Athletic yesterday that read to me, Simon, a bit like 76ers propaganda. Okay. Uh, I would like to preface this by saying that Shams Sharania, beloved, I don't know if you can call him a writer, like he does 
express himself in words, but <laughs> a writer connotes like some agency and actively like choosing those words and not just being a mouthpiece for various agents and high level executives. Yes, he is. He is a uh, the spokesperson for the anonymous sources that he talks to. Yeah, he. Uh, so whatever you want to call him, Sham Sharania, he is represented by a sports agency you may have heard of, Simon, called Clutch Sports. Ah. Do you know another one of the, uh, another large Clutch Sports client? Client. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. So the article goes on to hammer what a horrible fit Harden is with the Nets. That's what it lays out in the first three or four paragraphs, right? It's been a disaster. He's not fitting. The offense isn't working. Something, something, something. It's all hard and not fitting with the Nets. Uh, you know, forget that they're 13 and 3 in the 16 games the Big Three have played together. But it's just not, it's never good. How could it work? It's a disaster. Everyone knows it. Meanwhile, no mention is made of the fact that Ben Simmons <laughs> was a complete and utter disaster the last time he played basketball which happened to be in the playoffs last year, um, and that he is very clearly, at best, the second biggest head case in the NBA behind Kyrie, if not the biggest head case. Right, because Kyrie has beaten him in games played this year. Right. Never a category you want to lose to Kyrie. So they're neck and neck in who's the most (laughs) toxic right now. It doesn't mention, hmm... (laughs) Sure, maybe this big three isn't perfect offensively, even though the 16 games they played together, they were literally the best offensive team of all time. But maybe they're not perfect together offensively. But it never mentions, might it be a bad idea for the Nets to pair number one and two in whichever order you choose of toxic (laughs) players in the NBA together? Um, So basically the whole... The whole article is entirely written from the stance of essentially the the Philadelphia 76ers negotiating position, right? Nets, you're in trouble. Look at what's happening. Harden stinks with your team. Uh, panic button, panic button, panic button. And doesn't address the fact that Ben Simmons, in spite of Daryl Morey's insane claims, he's going to get a top 30 guy. This is like the number one guy on his list. And he thinks he's just going to get him for Ben, you know, like a straight up deal for Ben Simmons right now. Um, so anyway, Simon, that's my very brief synopsis of Shams piece. What, where are you at right now? So, uh, I, I would agree. This is the first time that we have gotten any, anything in in a shams or or elsewhere story about the nets dissatisfaction with with um harden now i don't know i mean you, you i i guess i have slightly more faith in in shams than, than you do perhaps that's misplaced i will admit but i i believe that, that are you, i'm that, sorry who's your representation simon <laughs> i am, am i, I talking am to a clutch also guy? a clutch client <laughs> I have to yes, I'll put my cards on the table. I am a clutch guy. Um, although you know who I think is the greatest agent in in the NBA, Bartlestein. Bartlestein, exactly. <laughs> I that guess guy his boy's wizard. He's Davis Bertons, Davis Bertons guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he he yes, he's he's also our Joe Harris's. Uh, uh, yeah, he's just a genius. Anyway, okay, sorry. Um, 
But so I wish I was represented by Bartlestein. I am represented by Clutch. I mean, Clutch is um, pretty good. They they have like the biggest or second biggest newsbreaker in their fucking pocket, writing <laughs> propaganda pieces for Daryl fucking Maury right now. <clears throat> so, um, so he, so I, I, I do, I do think that I suspect Shams talked to somebody within the Nets organization. Uh, be maybe that was Joe Sai, who's who's like blowing off steam in a very unprofessional way, unbeknownst to him, like lowering the trade value of James Harden. Uh, but I I do or like a player who's upset with with James Harden, maybe Kevin Durant. Um, but some someone from the Nets organization, I think he he talked to. I I guess I just believe that he wouldn't just talk to Maury and Maury's saying like, hey, you know what I've heard is that the Nets hate <laughs> uh, James Harden. No reason why I would think that, uh, or I, why that would benefit me to think. I that. agree that he talked to someone in the Nets organization. I don't know that he talked to the Nets or like it's totally unclear by the way it's written that someone in the Nets organization was talking about the the problems of James Harden in the organization. I think it, he makes it clear that he talked to them, that they are engaged perhaps in conversations, but I, well, I, for me, it seemed like the perspective, it was, again, it sounded like Philadelphia's negotiating position of why Brooklyn should be begging to get Ben Simmons here. Yeah. I, I just feel like in order to write the, the, the way that he did that, like coaches and players have expressed frustration or whatever with, with how hard the Harden playing style and how they have to play two different styles when he's playing or whatever. Like to again, maybe I'm putting too much faith in Shams, but I feel like that that has to come from um, a net somebody, a net player, a net executive, a net owner. Um, yeah, a net I think coach. I've got a tinfoil cap on because for me it all felt like spin. Yeah, I mean it is <clears throat> again. Yeah, so I, I guess I just anyway. But putting that aside, um, I just feel, William, like I I am ready to end the James Harden experience. I hate James Harden. I hate watching him. I hate looking at him, like, plodding down the court. I hate uh, his press conferences where he says all of the, like, you know, yeah, we've got to really, you know, dig in. we got to be consistent when I've watched him be just a complete uh, – bum out there and i understand absolutely and i know you're way more in the, this camp than, than i am and we got an, an email from luis torres uh indicating this <clears throat> that look it is mostly Kyrie's fault there is a segment of nets twitter that um pretty much exclusively blames james harden and sort of just says like isn't it great we have Kyrie irving back in whatever capacity it's completely insane but <clears throat> but I am just I I hate James Harden. I don't know what to how, how else to say it. Like I don't like that guy on our team. I don't like that he like for all of his like it is a bad situation. It sucks to have Kyrie part time. It does seem to have destroyed whatever chemistry you might have had. Like there are players in worse situations, James. Like you're playing, you get to play with Kevin Durant, one of the one of the best players in the entire NBA, uh, and. And at least occasionally get to play with fucking Kyrie Irving. Like, ask, ask, I don't know, Dame Lillard, Jokic, uh, Brad Beal, like any any number of players that have never played with somebody of the, the caliber 
of of those players like it's pretty it's a privilege to be able to play with Kevin Durant it it isn't it shouldn't be like a fucking drag that you just like moan about and instantly quit like it's it, it for the for all the bad chemistry that Kyrie has created and he definitely has <laughs> it's oh, tough yeah it's well, tough well, just though. I'm gonna I want to get into that in quite a bit of depth in a minute but let's keep going with the Harden stuff so I I just think that like <clears throat> Like, it's bad for chemistry when you are out there not giving a shit. Like, it's hard for other players who are not making max contract money and who are not badly out of shape still somehow uh, to give a shit when you are not trying at all and you are just, like, being a little, like, prima donna pris. And again, it's not just this situation that Harden has done this in. He is rapidly doing this now every year. About every year now, Harden throws a fit. Blames, you know, blames someone else for the fact that he sucks and and, uh, you know, blows it up. So I, I cannot wait to be rid of him. I truly don't care what we get for him. I I yes, I can't stand the side of him. Wow, that's completely insane. He was incredible last season. Uh, he came and was by far the winningest player on the nets last season he had the best winning percentage of any of the big three uh i admit this season has been very up and down um but (laughs) to put it all on him is to me uh really missing something i mean at least he's out there Kyrie has played 11 fucking games (laughs) this entire season yeah, I'm not putting it all on him. I, I, I just think Harden Harden this year, I mean, I just don't think it's – I think I cannot wait to be rid of him because I do not want to give him a five-year contract. I don't want to watch him bitch and moan to the refs because that's the only way he can score now. <laughs> like yeah. that's the only way he can he can score is is to just beg the refs to bail him out because he can't actually shoot. No, I, I mean he is he's a, a better shooter than you give him credit for, but – uh, I I will say I'm not I'm not crestfallen at the idea of James Harden not being on this team. I just don't think that that's like going to to solve all our problems. I mean, our problem is Kyrie Irving. As again, I do want to get into in a minute, but I do think we need to talk about. It. I know you say you don't care what we get for him. That's really the craziest thing to me. We gave up everything to get this guy he is still a highly valued thing like a highly valued player in the in the nba there are i have to imagine more teams than just philadelphia who would line up if they could find if they found out they could get james harden um and i know you're very frustrated with him but i think it's important to try to figure out what the nets should be trying to ask for when they're talking about the potential of getting rid of James Harden. Yeah, I don't know how valuable he is. How valuable is it to be able to, for the privilege of paying him for four years on this broke-ass body of his? Like, I, I don't know how many teams are lining up for the for the chance to get this prima donna who every year, after one year, decides he doesn't like you and forces a trade. Like, I don't know how valuable that is. I mean, this situation is pretty fucked for him right now. But he did it last year too. He did in it with Houston. the Rockets. Yeah, with the Houston. But, yeah, but Houston, Houston went from a perennial contender to 
everyone's gone. I'm stuck with, you know, Russell, awful Russell Westbrook and a bunch of shitty, shitty players. Like, he, he had no chance. forced the trade for because he got upset at Chris Paul. That's the only time he did. It's not like he does it. He's not, he's not like Kyrie. He doesn't have as robust a record of being a, a fucking shit thrower as Kyrie. No, it's not as bad as Kyrie. But yeah. that's a very low, low bar. I, I, I just don't I don't know how val- I don't know how many teams are lining up to, to try to get Harden. I mean, I guess we'll see because I I mean, I agree with you. However, however emotional I am being, I am certain that Sean Marks, etc., are more level headed. They are canvassing the league. They are doing their due diligence and probably do not want to just out of pride's sake do not want to just hand over James Harden to Daryl Morey who I'm sure they're you know upset for tampering etc cetera, etc cetera, and for whatever manipulation he's done in the media um like they they you know but we will we, I think we will see how valuable James Harden is based on what the Nets get for him and I think we okay will, well that's that's what I think the interesting thing is so can you attempt perhaps for a minute to put aside your <laughs> antipathy for the person and think about what you would want what would be a deal that you think the Nets could reasonably expect from Philly or from someone else. Uh, I mean, you're not saying we should just do a bit like straight up Ben Simmons for James Harden swap. No, I would. I mean, I would, what I would like is not that, I guess. I, but like, I, keep in mind, Ben Simmons market <laughs> <laughs> like James Harden has an MVP, has played this season, is uh, like a, a has at least in the past been an un- indisputable top 10 guy in the league. Uh, that is never something Ben Simmons has been, and he has shown on top of never being as good of a basketball player as James Harden is, he's also shown to have uh, the capacity to stubbornly um, refuse to play for an entire season, which hasn't been done in like three or four decades in the NBA. But he, <clears throat> yeah, but James Harden, if, if, if a team... If a t- if he says if he puts out there I don't want to play for X Y Z teams just like, just like he did you know a year ago like mm-hmm. almost exactly a year ago uh, and limited Houston's leverage to two teams to you know he said I will only sign with or I will only go to two teams Philadelphia or the Nets right yeah that is no other team because James Harden can be a free agent in two months. Uh, depending on how long this losing streak goes, uh, as, as, as soon as two months. Um, other teams are not going to be lining up for the experience of having a, a, a bitchy James Harden for two months. Okay, so what, I'll ask for like the fourth <laughs> or fifth time, do you think the Nets should ask for Philadelphia? What should they ask for? I mean, I, I guess you should get whatever you can. I mean, Maxi and, and Thibel and Picks. But you're not going to get it. I, I think I think you're not going to get much more than 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 Ben Simmons. Okay, that's what I've been asking. So you just think at this point, James Harden's value is so unbelievably low that he is going to be traded straight up for a guy who's refused to play all season. And the last time he was seen, he was incapable of even dunking a basketball because he was too afraid to shoot. 
That's what I, he's worth. That's what he's worth. I think that's what James Harden has done to his value, just as Ben Simmons has done to his value. Okay, that's uh, that's wild. Uh, if that's, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine the Nets are going to do a straight up trade for Ben Simmons. Well, what are they going to do then? They're going to demand quite a lot else. But what, how are they going to get, what is their leverage? Their leverage is Daryl Morey's full of shit. He has, yes, he has people in the media like Sham Sharania writing all these things to make, to stoke all this anxiety and fear and to try to lower the value of a guy like James Harden. But in the end, James Harden has been and always will be a more valuable player than Ben Simmons. Not to mention he is a player that's proven to have played basketball in the last year, who in the playoffs doesn't become a nothing, a complete nothing, because on offense, he's too afraid to do anything. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think that, yes, Daryl Morey's um, sort of psyops are working on people and making people think, yeah, okay, well, I guess, you know, you should give up everything to get Ben Simmons, a guy who just refuses to play basketball. And again, last scene was terrible at basketball. Um, But like, that doesn't mean that that's the correct read on this situation. Like, no, what people were talking about, like, is it too much to give up De'Aaron Fox? And now we're talking about James Harden for Ben Simmons. That's crazy. But where? But I don't understand what the Nets' leverage is. If James Harden says I am going to go two for eleven, or I'm go, or my ouchy, ow, my handy hurts. I'm sorry, I can't play. My 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 handy has a has a boo boo, mm-hmm. which is what he's been doing. What are the what is the Nets' leverage to say we want more? I mean, you don't give it to your conference rival. You don't just give him away. So you so you let him walk away for nothing potentially. I suppose you could. Okay. I mean, he's going to lose a ton of money. I think he real like he realizes what he needs to do in order to he like James Harden definitely wants that contract. I think you were right when you said the other week that a lot of this stuff could be coming from Harden's camp because they want to make it seem like of course he's inevitably worth that massive massive contract, which I think we both agree he's not worth, right? We're both in agreement on that. We don't want to be the team that's paying him the fi- the $276 million over five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he desperately wants to get that contract. This might be what he's been advised to do now to try to get to Philadelphia because he's been assured by his buddy, Daryl Morey, that he's going to get that full contract. But if this lapses and Kevin Durant comes back... I would imagine he's not going to continue his, you know, malingering for the rest of the season. And if he does, you know, you know, you'll be you'll be proven right. He's a he's a he's a horrible human being and we should have uh, gotten anything we could. But I think the Nets would still have the power to sign him to that contract that he wants. So I think that we still would be able to recover something for him in a sign and trade. But I so but I wonder though at this point, just after watching him, especially over the last two weeks, who wants him on that contract? Who I mean, I know James Harden wants to sign that contract, but if you and I don't want him on that contract and the Nets don't want him on that contract, who wants him on that contract? Uh Daryl Morey. Right, and Daryl Morey <laughs> is willing to give up Ben Simmons. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, we'll see. I just think that I think that 
I think that there is a huge amount of, as I've said, spin going on right now. And it's all in one direction, right? It's all to create this hysteria that, like, he has to get to Philadelphia right now. Daryl Morey is going to be, you know, going to swoop in and, and get the guy he's wanted all along, right? Because Daryl's so clever, blah, 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 blah. Like, I just think that if... When cooler heads prevail, when Kevin Durant comes back, when this team starts winning some games again, I'm pretty confident James Harden isn't just going to flat out refuse to play basketball with Kevin Durant. I can understand right now why he's he's like, I don't want to go fucking play with Kyrie Irving, who occasionally plays basketball games. Like, it's annoying. It's frustrating. But can you really imagine Kevin Durant comes back from injury and, and Harden's just like, no, my hand hurts for the rest of the season? Uh, I definitely can. I mean that—that's what he did in in Houston. This this is the James. So Harden he's going show. to sit. He's going to sit out the rest of the season. You think? Or he's going. Or he's going to let the Nets have the privilege of watching him go two for eleven for four points and six turnovers. Yeah. Then I think you. I think you would be right that no team would would offer him a contract at that point. So he would play himself out of the thing that he very clearly wants, which is a two hundred seventy five million dollar contract. Right. I mean, I. I, I... <clears throat> you're right it's a delicate you don't want to be so bad that you don't get your contract but but i i i just i don't i don't believe that james hart i mean james harden just just put ben simmons to the side for a moment james harden is, is, he, is he number three in the league for head cases for toxic he, head cases well, he what he has done I know because I think he is quite smart in, in in terms of these things like I think yeah. he knows how to get what he wants um but again I think there may be one team that is willing to give him what he wants uh besides the Nets and he does not want to be on the Nets um and that team is Philadelphia and I think Philadelphia knows that and and yeah that could be spin but like we you have just said like you're not sure there are other teams that want James Harden on a $270 million contract or want to pony up um, and risk losing him in this off season, like risk having him for two months. Like people are still, you know, uh, berating the, the Sixers for, for their trade for Tobias Harris, right? Like you, who they really just wanted for those, if they could do it all over again, really just wanted for like a couple months. So, so you don't think we could get like a sweet little first round pick back from the Sixers if we did a Ben Simmons thing? I would love to. I would love to get. I would love to replenish our bare bare cupboard that James Harden emptied out. What about a sweet sweet Danny Green? He's old. Ooh, He's God, not I very good. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I think I think contractually we'd have to get like a like a Seth Curry or, or a Cork Maz or some guy like that back. Yeah. Would either um, of those names excite you? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't care. I mean, I just, you just hate this you team. Just, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, I, I mean, I, 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 I hate, bad. I hate, I hate this team too. I hate this team too. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to defend it. Uh, I mean, my only thing is I don't think that we should hate this team because of James Harden. I, just like, I don't want to hate this team because of um, Steve Nash. Right. I I have a different don't hate I, him I, just I, because of James Harden. I, I think have James a, Harden is sure. a part of it. Yeah, I think I think uh he's a symptom. He's not a cause. I think there that there's one thing that's the cause, Simon. 
Then it's Kyrie. And it's Kyrie. And may I may may we transition to this portion? Just sure. Briefly? Sure. Uh, I thought that was, by the way, a a compelling conversation. I I understand your frustration. I understand why you're you're as cynical as you are that we're basically just going to have to swap or or get nothing else for James Harden. That's a very sad state of affairs. Imagine if we have to give something up on top of James Harden. It's like Harden and Claxton. You good with that, Daryl? Daryl, what can I I do? I want Dayron. What can I exactly? (laughs) What can I do to get you into this, James Harden? Right. And I think, really, why we have podcasts that aren't like, oh, my God, are we going to win more than 41 games? Yes, we are. We're going to win 42. And we're going to go to the playoffs, <laughs> and we're going to win one sneaky game off the stupid 76ers. <laughs> and we're going to love every glorious minute with the Ed Davis crew, okay? We're going to have a fucking T-shirt with Ed Davis's face and Shabazz Napier and all, just all these wonderful nobodies in the NBA who I love and care about. And every week we get to talk about, like – whether Kenny Atkinson is literally going to have a heart attack on the sidelines, <laughs> whether like it's, it's safe for a human to be that gray and pallor, uh, you know, right, in like the face, folks, not on the head. Right. That, those were so, that was so fun. Yeah. And then the Kyrie Irving experience happened. So let me just briefly recount a little bit of this experience in, in a brief synopsis. Okay, Simon, mm-hmm. 2019, 2020 comes along. Kyrie Irving plays in 20 games. The Nets go 8 and 12 in those games. Our beloved Kenny Atkinson gets fired. Kyrie tries to organize a boycott of the bubble, even though he was never planning to go to it. Yeah. And the Nets are swept in the first round. 2020-2021. He played in all of 54 games. Way way to go, Kyrie. Uh, 36 and 18. Everyone's traded. We lose in the second round. Kyrie's injured, doesn't finish the playoffs, and spends a good deal of the season on quote unquote personal leave. Right. Did did make third team all NBA. Sure. Statistically, great. Yeah, in those fifty four games, my hat is off to the guy. Twenty twenty one, twenty two. Another great year for Kyrie. He's played eleven games. We're four and seven in those games. Uh, we were <laughs> He's refused to get vax, only plays road games. As soon as he comes back, the team plummets from first place to sixth. <laughs> Simon, Simon, in three years with Kyrie Irving, we've he's played in 85 games. That is to say, basically, one regular season's worth of games. The Nets in those games are 48 and 37, which is a 56% win rate, which, Simon in a great parallel of history is our exact win percentage right now as we sit in sixth place (laughs) in the East. So with Kyrie Irving on the court, we are good for a sixth place in the East team. Um, Tell me why we should have ever allowed this man into this franchise. Well, so let me let me uh, provide a a defense of 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 young Kyrie. Um, I well, not really a defense of him, but but I will just say it's been great having Kevin Durant. 
Yeah. I loved the the playoff series. Well, I mean that that may be some of the best, if not the best basketball I get to watch. The the Cavs series, uh, sorry, the, the Bucks, yeah, Bucks series. I think that's probably the probably that game seven. Yeah, all that that whole series was probably the best live basketball we'll ever get to see. Yeah, I I agree with you, and and that does not happen without Kyrie. Kevin, I I've never seen any coverage or anything to make me believe that Kevin Durant thought for one second about joining the Nets. Uh, before Kyrie Irving put that bug in his ear. And I am in- incredibly grateful for the privilege to be able to watch that guy live and play on my team um, forever, however long that lasts. May not last very long. Right. I mean, he's on contract um, for another four years, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I think his hand may start to hurt. Is exactly. Daryl, Dar- Sham Sharani is going to come out with a report. Um, I've spoken with several 76ers executives who say the Brooklyn Nets offense isn't that good when Kevin Durant's on the court. <laughs> it's stagnant. They just they just sit around and watch him play. Steve Nash wants to play a, a much more free-flowing offense. <laughs> um, no, I... I um, so, so, and I will also say this, the only thing I will say, again, I have never said, would never say that Kyrie Irving is not more responsible than James Harden for the mess we're in. But I would say Kyrie didn't cost us five draft picks, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. We can argue about whether we care about that. I certainly do sentimentally. But definitely Jared Allen and, what, five, six picks – that we may right. be but up. I mean, I think that that is a bit disingenuous because it's similar to saying, like, I can't believe the Clippers traded like 72 first round picks for Paul George. It's like they didn't do that for Paul George. They did it because Ka- um, Kawhi would go there if Paul George was there as well. So they gave up the farm for that. Like, I don't think they would have gone in that hard for James Harden had Kyrie and KD not been here. Well, oh, okay, but they could have, but but they could have just had Kyrie and KD, and I agree with you. We wouldn't have won a championship, but we would have had, you know, we would have had Jared Allen. We would have had all of our picks. Yeah, I know, but then I'm sure. Ky, remember the conference where Kyrie detailed some of those players you've mentioned and why they weren't going to be on the team in the future, and then voila, they weren't on the team in the future because they went and made a massive trade. I mean, I think part of that trade has to be like Kyrie and KD went to Sean Marks and were like, "We need, we need James on this team," and so part of the blame for that trade, it's not all James Harden. It has to be a little bit KD and and Kyrie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose so, but, but I, I don't, also don't know how much Kyrie was pushing for that. Like maybe that is on my guy, uh, KD. KD. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, um, well, I don't know what, but that's a, that's a horrible transition. I'm just going to, going to go to what I wanted to talk about next, Simon. That's, okay. That's the athletic article on Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Who can I trust? Following Kyrie Irving's footsteps on his ongoing quest to find himself. This was a depressing read. Joe Varden of The Athletic put it out. Uh, Sort of, he used to be a Cavs reporter and now is just sort of like a a man about the NBA. Right? Mm -hmm. An insider's insider. Great work if you can get it. Great work if you can get it. He writes these sort of thunk pieces about uh, (laughs) (laughs) various players. 
Um, is there anything in it that you that particularly stood out to you? Uh, that had me thunking. Yeah. Um, anything get you thunking in there? Um, to me, I feel like I mean, Joe describes like the who can I trust, and you know, say says that Kyrie's always looking for that. It seems like in a lot of those instances, quote, who he can trust is who will let me do absolutely everything I want. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't, I, quote, don't trust them. Um, mm. Because it's like, yeah, I didn't trust the Celtics. Okay. Uh, I didn't trust the Nets medical staff. Okay. Right. That was apparently, I thought you'd like that part because that was when the weirdness well, began with him and the, and the it, team. No, it is. I mean, look, nobody hates the medical staff more than I do, but like, it, it was just like, yeah, I don't trust the Nets, so I'm going to completely disappear. Right. Like, I don't think that's really a trust issue. I think that's a prima donna issue. Yes. And it said he got six different opinions about it. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. But six doctor's visits. That's, that's just... <laughs> I bet Joey H, which is he, he had gotten a few a few more opinions before he went under the knife. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was it was a very sad article. I think the saddest part. Can I read the, the excerpt of it to you? Yes. So it's a quote from, uh, I think, a, a Cleveland staffer and he says i remember his first time playing us with boston i walked on the court and he was there and he gave me a hug one coach said that to me that's the kid i remember the last few times i haven't had much interaction at all like he looks right past me no eye contact i don't take it personally i don't think it's against me i just think he's in a shell right now and it's sad yeah i i i think that's surely right yeah, I think we've I wouldn't all... take it personally either. No, I think anyone who's been watching the Nets, you just see these games, and Kyrie. I mean, yeah, it almost feels bad talking about it, but his face is just completely drained. Uh, he looks very, very old, like much, much older than he did even like four years ago. Um, and he just—it's just an obviously struggling person. Um, and, and that struggle manifests itself in all sorts of ways that are, you know, from the sort of jaw dropping flat earth, anti-vax, et cetera, et cetera, claims to just, um, you know, be comes back and, uh, they go four of seven and whatever chemistry was on this team is immediately destroyed just because there's just something that he brings with him that kind of tarnishes everything around it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wonder like, regardless of what happens with, with Harden or what happens with, with Kyrie in terms of, does he keep being a a part-time player? Can we get him up to full-time? Like something is very off about this team's chemistry. Mm. Uh, Zach Lowe mentioned he hasn't heard great things about the chemistry. Like, you know, the last game was, was you know, and, and the Kings game too. They just are not, they look like a team, um, kind of like the Kings or like the Wizards, like a team that is just like in deep turmoil. Yeah, I know. I feel, I feel bad, honestly, for... 
for some of the guys, like <laughs> for the first time ever this season for Paul Millsap. Uh, for Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Like they signed up for a good time. I feel the most bad for Patty Mills. Yes, he, I know. Like, good saw, time Patty. Good time Patty is a good time. He's balled out this season. He's given him everything. And you can tell he thought he was coming in for a spectacular ride. And uh I mean, I wish I wish he'd uh, asked me what he thought playing on a team with Kyrie was like before d- <laughs> making this decision. I uh, I would have warned against it um, because it doesn't end well. It does not end well. And, um, you know, hopefully the story turns around. <laughs> but this is this has got to be it, this feels like the nadir of the season. <laughs> we better hope so. Yeah, I mean, this it, is bad. This is bad, bad, bad. I don't think any team could use the all star break more than the Nets right now. <laughs> We need to get past free agency deadline and into that break, get some time off, regroup, uh, get the announcement that Joe Harris's ankle is going to be replaced and and sort of move on with the season. Yeah. Did you read, by the way, the thing on on um, there, there's the specular? I think this was just speculation. I don't think this was um, actually written anywhere, but but uh, the punditry around thinking that um that Bartlestein, genius Bartlestein, put out the timeline just perfect to not get traded. Oh, wow. Where he's like, yeah, um, Joe's going to, you know, try on this current course of, of treatment, and then that's going to be about a week or two, and then we'll decide whether he's going to need surgery. Right. <laughs> like, just going to tank my guy's trade value, and perfect. Here you go. Here's your story. Yeah. Um, once again, I miss you, Ed Davis. I miss you, Rondé <laughs> Hollis. Jeff, sort of Rondé, not really Rondé. Put your Baz Napier. And Rondé was 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 consummate good guy. Consummate good guy. You're not getting any bad vibes from from Rondé. No. He's not going to a sixth guy for for uh, a medical issue. He's doing the he's doing the P tests or whatever they had them doing. Right. You know? He right. He's letting them analyze every little bit of their bio biometric uh, material. So Simon, would you agree with what Bobby Mark said on the Low Post recently, which is that he thinks the Nets will go down as the greatest what if team of all time? Yeah, it's not looking good for that team coming back together. And it's unraveling so quickly. Two weeks ago, we were the number one seed. Yeah. One week ago, we were on the the um, Pass the Buck podcast talking about, you know, things were bad, sure. We were in the midst of a losing streak, etc. Things were starting to unravel. But we were still talking like, you know, we get these three guys together. We still think we got a chance, and you know we just need to weather the storm, and you know, blah blah blah. And it's like I don't know. It's like you you think we can maybe get Maxi and a couple other pieces for Ben Simmons. I think we can just get Ben Simmons, but we all think this team is completely fucked. I mean, my dream is still that Kyrie Irving gets traded. <laughs> I mean, it has been from the jump. It will be forever going forward. I I was looking back, and this will make sense during Consumerism Corner, over some past episodes, and there are just so many 
where where the question of is Kyrie tradable is right. asked. Um, I think probably not. And fuck you, Joe Varden, for having written that. Um, <laughs> like the final paragraph is the single word help. Like just a sad way to <laughs> to end that thing. Yeah. Um, is a, a literal cry for help. Is he with clutch? <laughs> Yes, this is all orchestrated by Daryl Morey somehow. Um, so, Simon, since we may be the greatest what-if team of all time... Wait, I forget. Did you agree or disagree with that? I mean, it, yes, probably. We're not looking like this This actual team as constructed is going to be around for much longer. Right. But, I mean, they were so... They were, you know, we saw a glimpse of it last year. They were incredible in the playoffs first round. Going into the Bucks, won the first two. Looked just... Uh, Looked really good, but yes, likely not going to happen. So I wanted to ask you some what ifs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. So what if we had traded Kyrie before the season? Right. When we were like, when I was, I must admit, I was like, eh, I don't know if I would do it for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> well, like even before, like after last, after the playoffs, right before people knew his vaccination status and the implications yeah. of that, like looked great in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Uh, had it, as you said, all NBA season last year, we could have gotten off of that guy for something exciting. And now I think that that's probably, um, never going to happen again i mean he is a he is a very red flag yeah and i i think if if there's any comfort we can take william it's that probably we couldn't have gotten something that good because the same issues that existed before like is he gonna retire or is he gonna you know like he exclusively wants to play for brooklyn and not really play for them right like yeah no, he would have driven down his value, but I feel like yeah, yeah, could have gotten something. No, no worse than his uh, eleven appearances this season have driven it down. <laughs> what if Simon, we still had draft picks? Oh, what a dream! And again, like maybe Daryl will throw that in. That that's kind of like <laughs> high on the mountaintop. Dream is like maybe Daryl will throw in yeah. some draft picks. Embiid is he, he's a constant prodigal injury. with those draft picks. He's pretty what? I said prodigal with those draft picks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like he's he'll, he'll he'll get rid of them. Yeah. So so come on. Give it up. Give it up. Um it would be great to get some some picks in the cupboard. I I completely agree. Uh I'd love to see Marks take another couple swings at some first round guys. Yeah. Um what if we still had Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> I think I love Kenny Atkinson. I do. I think Kenny would have surely blown his brains out by now <laughs> if he had somehow you been imagine... allowed to stay. <laughs> if they were just heaping this shit on someone without quite the EQ of a Steve Nash, okay? And a, and a guy like Steve Nash who's just like, well, you know what, like. I'll still be remembered as a Hall of Fame basketball player. Right. Not like every everything is riding on this, okay? And right. you're making a complete laughing stock of me. <laughs> no, truly, like the guy's marriage would fall apart, his kids won't speak to him, like 
if you thought he wasn't getting sleep before, like, yeah, you no, know, he loses, he, he loses walk. everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Final. What if Simon, what if we still had D'Lo, Jared Allen, Levert, Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, tons of cap space and all our picks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what if, yeah, I mean, that would have been great. I mean, the other thing, though, is like you and I, I think it's fair to say, I mean, I think it's important to note that that GMs, Simon and William, wouldn't have been that great at that. We would have gotten Tobias Harris or Julius or, or Randall. Julius, yeah. Two people who are not exactly the darlings of the NBA's eye right now. <laughs> um, so I like... I think like there's a there's some hot Julius for De'Aaron Fox rumors going around. Oh yeah, those are spicy. Uh, but he's not. T- I would say if he were on our team, Simon, he'd be an untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that guy? Oh, this is a bad season. The playoffs last <laughs> year, I think, did something to his to his head. Coconut, also, yeah. yeah. Also, I think he just had an incredibly lucky shooting season last year. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't want to dwell too much on our our former love. Yeah, yeah. But all fun. What ifs, right? Yes, those are those are fun. I mean, that photo is just that. It just is like if you look at I. I don't know, like a, a photo from like when you were eight or something. And I you're know. like, oh yeah, that. Like I really barely remember that. Okay, that was fun. That looks so nice. Yeah, it, it's it's gone though. I mean, I don't. I you could have erased John and Musa from it, but Rody Kudutz, I'd love to still be rooting for him. Kenny just pulling his hair out like, oh God, Rody, what are you doing? And then Rody comes across <laughs> and gets like an insane steal and dunks it. You know, just like <laughs> everything is right in the universe. Right. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Simon. Let's turn finally at last to one of our favorite friends in the business, uh, Consumerism Corner. <laughs> yeah. If you can't trust NBA superstars, you can at least trust Consumerism Corner. Uh, consumer. This is called Consumerism Corner, the Red Flag Edition. <laughs> <laughs> BSE Global, Simon, the parent yes. company of the Brooklyn Nets and Barclays Center, has announced the resignation of CEO John Abamondi, effective of July 2022. Abamondi joined BSE Global in July 2020, so made it two years, and will continue serving as CEO through the end of the current NBA season. This is a bad look for BSE Global, Simon. <laughs> I think there's no denying it. So I had to go back and look through... Because I, I wasn't finding it on Google searches where I was just like, BSE Global, former CEO, net, blah, blah, you know, like did all sorts of keyword searches. Wasn't finding the former CEO. Do you remember the former? Levy? Yes. David Levy? CEO David Levy, who lasted, do you remember how long he lasted? Two months. Yes, he was less than two months on the job. And I found his name and that fact because... Uh, our 100th and 11th episode was titled <laughs> drove my Chevy to the David Levy, but the Levy was dry. <laughs> and I would, I would 
love it if you would allow me to read the description of that episode. I, I happily. This is from November 17th, 2029. New in Nets Nation. Karis is unsurprisingly injured. Kyrie <laughs> is mysteriously out. DeAndre Jordan continues to be a net negative parentheses for more years for more years. The CEO has absconded after less than two months and Shumpert is coming to town. Also discussed how the Nets might learn to one day avoid blowing massive leads. <laughs> so as low as we are right now. You know, there have been other low moments too. Okay, <laughs> can I can I just give a, a little uh, my my synopsis of the latest CEO news? Yeah, doo doo doom doom doom. Another <laughs> one bites the dust. dust. Uh, you I just have to ask, <laughs> what is going on over there? Is this a normal churn and burn for the C-suites of major companies? No way. How how horrible must it be to work for Joe Sy of tweets such as, I had pumpkin and pecan pie today. <laughs> now lick my shoes, David Levy. Um, no, I know. It's it's insane. I mean, this this divorce is it's seemingly slightly less um, acrimonious because he's like staying on. Right. He's like agreed to like, yeah, that's a sign that like things are not so bad, but they are bad. If you're like, I remember some, some business reporter tweeted something that was like these these jo to your point, William, these these jobs don't usually become available. Right. It's not not usually a turnstile. Um, uh, I'm trying to find news about where David Levy's at now. Yeah. Um, I'm finding it quite difficult. Yeah, I just don't... I mean, something's going on. I mean, maybe it's just the, the incredible stress of trying to turn the Nets into a money-making organization. Like, that That seems right. enjoyable. But I do think that um, like they just Josiah refuses to believe that to believe that nobody gives a shit about the Nets. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, former former Turner boss David Levy tapped as chairman of Genius Sports. Okay, I don't know what that is. In 2019, no, I don't know. I don't know either. Um. Anyway, R.I.P. David Levy. Uh, okay, sorry. We we're 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 focused here on the side man. You are you're sort of the the side tea leaf reader. Um, <laughs> can you spec can you speculate that, at all as to what some of the palace intrigue might be and why it's so difficult to be around uh, him in a CEO capacity? So I actually wonder because I remember, um. This is a this is a you know just pulling it out of thin air here, but but I remember there was some talk of one of the reasons Levy left was that he thought he would have some say over basketball operations, uh -huh. and I wonder if this may have something to do with like 
Sean Marks trying to weasel in on on what a CEO feels is is their territory. Ah, okay. You think it's just Joe Sai has has really protected his man Sean Marks. Yeah, that he just feels like right. I mean, what 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 have what have you done for me lately? Um, the Nets are still in the toilet financially. At least Sean Marks has gotten me some stars here. Okay. Well, what's getting lost in all of this is John Abamondi. So yes, sorry. So let's talk about. Could him. you? I had forgotten. Could you his name. give us maybe just the top eight Abamondi moments <laughs> for you over the last two years? Um, let me think. You know, I don't. None. No specific Abamondi moments come honestly but i i do think that there were slight maybe some slight improvements um under his tenure like i feel like it was slightly easier to get into the arena very slightly very slightly more Uh, expensive once more expensive yeah yeah that's that's for sure true (laughs) uh yeah i remember he talked about integrating gambling and in, into games right. or something but yeah that you know that's something that size big on so he was really just i mean in that in that sense he was doing a good job i would argue to sigh at um parroting the company line yeah yeah um absolutely well, uh listeners it please hit us up and let us know what your favorite abamondi moment was <laughs> we all have one <laughs> So let us know what yours was. I mean, hell, your moment could still be coming. He's here till July 2020. Right, exactly. Uh, who do you think it will be next? And, and, <laughs> another. And o- another. over under on he's able to stay for a year. <laughs> I am so grateful for the question, William. Um, I appreciate you you acknowledging my my business acumen <laughs> and my right in your in your other in your other life you you were a, you were a CEO headhunter for right sporting companies sport let's I'm I you know what I would be curious I I would I would want to hire that guy who worked for the Mavs that we talked about who alienated everyone. oh Haralabob. Yeah, because maybe he could use his, I don't know, his number sense and whatnots to to sort of figure out. So, well, we need someone as to like somebody who can like analyze data and figure out some sort of miracle cure. Who's like, oh, we never tapped this. Like, right. You know, someone who can who can can uh, siphon up all the data and find minor minor uh improvements around the edges yeah that can that can ultimately transform this in, this organization into something meaningful sure either yes either either a a a a, a big one that no one had seen or yeah. or a series of little ones he'll find a he'll find a market inefficiency yes um that's that's what we need because brooklyn is not going to get any more into the nets that <laughs> If you're swapping James Harden for Ben Simmons, that's not going to make things any better. No, it's in cer- that department, it certainly isn't. Oh my God, can you imagine Ben Simmons and Kyrie on the same team? <laughs> I can, William. I can see it 
clear as day. It's coming February 10th to a home near you. <laughs> that is going to be uh, one of the most spectacular reality TV shows. If Abamondi, if his final act is not to bring in a crew from Bravo to right. film what happens with Kyrie and Ben Simmons, <laughs> then I, I'm sorry to say it, John Abamondi, I do respect the work you've done thus far. But you should have been fired if you haven't brought that crew. In. <laughs> I'll also say, I'll also say, um, amazing that uh, that I would be so curious to read any book that comes out on this year's nets. Like there's got to be so much interesting, juicy drama in there. Yeah, I completely agree. I hope. I hope. Uh, because you know, there was like the, the Jordan rules book that came out in the nineties that, that, yeah. uh, that sort of exposed him. It was, like, it was the first sort of like critical look, like some teammates don't like him. He's mean to people. He's a total sociopath. Blah, blah, yes. blah. Um, and then Horace Bl- Grant became the scapegoat for that because right. he blamed him. He was like, you must've been the leak. You had a relationship with, um, the author sam whatever his name was uh and i'm so my question for you simon is because you're you're a comms guy who who do you think the mole is on this team like we had garrett (laughs) remember remember garrett temple sort of became the mole in the bubble situation where he's like yeah Kyrie's going crazy on this anti-bubble stuff yeah (laughs) then guess who wasn't he didn't have his option picked up (laughs) no bye bye garrett (laughs) because you could trust him (laughs) Um, yeah, who's the mole? It's not Spencer anymore. He was definitely a big time. Mole. I could see from the coach's side, I could see Jacques Vaughn because he's <laughs> been through it all. He's seen it all, you know, and he's like, I don't know how I haven't, my head isn't on the, you know, rolling right now, but I made it through this entire shit show and I can tell you some Kyrie stories, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but player wise, who would it be? Uh, I think Joe Harris. Yeah. Okay. Would be good to know, but I, I think Joe is too, he's too like, you know, honor code boy scouty. Yeah. Agreed. Um, uh, who else has been Bruce Brown? Yeah. He's been kind of miss, you know, he's been used and abused. I could see him having a chip on his shoulder. (laughs) 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 He's playing it been very much he's been used to it <laughs> i mean yeah he got built up they gave him a big contract and now he just sits on the bench he's like four million dollars well i mean he had they a bigger... thought they were gonna have to give him a contract and yeah but no, he took, I, I he took a you. deal on it that was the last time anyone's ever gonna think he you know took a deal on four million a year yeah bruce is a is a definite a definite um millsap Oh yeah, I mean, but Mil, yeah, that's true. Millsap though is only going to be able to give you this year's right. drama. But right. but that is what I was talking about. So yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, Millsap would be a great one. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I'd like I'd uh, you know James Johnson take or uh, a Blake, uh, Blake? Blake he's Griffin already, take. You know, he's a Hollywood guy already. Yeah, he, he knows what makes a story. Yeah, maybe he's been wearing a candid camera this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so cool. They're like, he's like, yeah. Why do you think I I couldn't shoot? I had a candid camera injected into my elbow. 
You idiots. You, you thought I just idiots. You thought went I just... from shooting 36% to shooting 12? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, did it for my art. Candid camera <laughs> ink. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah. We do have fun, even in the darkest of times. We do, yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought this thing was going to come to blows over what we were going to get back for, for James Harden, but we have bounced back and there's a way that all this suffering can bring you together. And just like John Abamondi, who's now out of a job <laughs> uh, and us, we're out of a, basically a team to root for, for the, no, for this <laughs> team sucks. It's just not fun to care about them. Like best case scenario, like, the NBA is sullied by like these three jackasses getting to come together and, and prove that like, you don't need like a team. You just need three superstars to say, like demand their way to a team. Right. Um, that's best case scenario that we're rooting for with mm-hmm. like seven other people in the world. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, this is, a, this is, this is the Nadir. I think we may have said we hit the Nadir at another point this season, but this is actually it. This is rock bottom. Yeah, this is rock bottom. I mean, I think it would have been fun if the three, if we had just had three superstars and just, you know, like crushed. Like it was fun. The Celtics series was fun. The Bucks series was fun. Yeah, going up 2-0 in that Bucks series was exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And you know what? This season could turn around. I, like I said, we need the All-Star break more than any other team <laughs> we, in the we league. We need it bad. We need it bad, bad, bad. <laughs> uh, do you feel like Kyrie got snubbed in the All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know who did get snubbed? Our old buddy, Jared Allen. Yeah, what I th- the hell is that? I think that he's going to be a replacement. Well, goody two shoes. I mean, that, that. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. But like, we all know how people feel about D'Angelo Russell's All Star thing. Yeah. That was immediately asterisked. Yeah. And you know, now it's like, well, he wasn't ever really ever a, a real All Star. Like right. Jarrett deserved to be a real All Star. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's a travesty of justice, and it's all Andrew Wiggins' fault. Um, even though they have, there's no relation to that. Yeah, who is the who is the guy? I feel like um, Tatum. No, the guy who should obviously not be on it, Chris Middleton. Oh, Chrissy, me. Yeah, he's had a horrible he's had a horrible season. He's a he would you know it's not the exact same position, but it's a big, and they needed a certain number of bigs. Okay. Um. So yeah, Chris Middleton would be the one you could point. Got to. it. Yeah. Okay. And he's having a down year. And most people think that Drew Holiday is more important to that team than Chris Middleton. So yeah, who was also snubbed. He was also snubbed. Uh, but there were more. There were more good guards. Yeah. So anyway, Simon, would you encourage some people to help us out of this hole that we've dug for ourselves? Yes. Big thank you to Luis Torres, whose views I I don't fully share, but um, but I think is you know I think you fully share them. Um. Or almost, it doesn't matter. Anyway, thank no. you to Luis Torres for emailing us. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, you listeners who are not Luis Torres or Luis Torres again um, can also email us, maybe next time at gmail.com or on Twitter at maybe next time or on Instagram at maybe next time. 
and leave us five star reviews of course a five star review would be absolutely divine it has been a true pleasure spending one hour 11 minutes and 15 seconds with all of you today I cannot wait to get back on this podcast next week and declare James Harden is still a net or not uh, in which case you'll be hearing from us sooner than one week. I really hope that by the next time we speak, the Nets will have snapped the current longest losing streak in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, no guarantees on that, of course. No guarantees. Um, but it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Simon. Yes. And with our listeners, of course. Yes, so absolutely. So we will go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read